Good morning, it's Thursday, December 7th, and this is the Daily Chirp Podcast. We're bringing you a closer look at one of our top stories along with other important things going on in our community. Today, we're diving into the remarkable story of theater on the move's first year at a permanent location. Now, some Arizona trivia. Today, we continue with our series honoring the extraordinary life and legacy of pioneering Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. During her tenure, Sandra Day O'Connor was determined to prove that women could effectively serve as Supreme Court justices. She initially faced some practical challenges, such as getting a women's restroom installed near the courtroom. O'Connor corrected a New York Times editorial that overlooked her presence on the court, referring to herself as the first woman on the court, FWOTSC. She valued collegiality, advocating for justices to dine together. O'Connor reportedly experienced a sense of relief when Ruth Bader Ginsburg joined the court in 1993, easing the pressure of being the sole female justice. Though she retired from the court in 2006, O'Connor candidly advised nominee Elena Kagan about the challenging nature of the confirmation hearings. Today's history is brought to you by Benson Hospital. They're doing more than treating illnesses in Benson, they're building a healthier community. Benson Hospital is now collaborating with the Diaper Bank of Southern Arizona to provide diaper assistance to families in need. For more information, visit their website at bensonhospital.org. Now our feature story. This Christmas season, Theater on the Move celebrates its success with Christmas in Arizona, a six-part storytelling spectacle starting tonight. Barry Nelson, a seasoned actor with the Sierra Vista-based troupe, shared insights into their fourth show at this venue. Christmas in Arizona unfolds in six scenes, or staves as they're known in theater. The first stave offers a twist on the classic Ebenezer Scrooge character from A Christmas Carol. The second is a poignant phone conversation between an overseas soldier and his wife back home. The third stave, Irish Christmas, revisits a scene from a 2016 play set in an Irish pub. The fourth stave is a memorable reading of Twas the Night Before Christmas by veteran actor Mick Shaughnessy while children in costume play in the background. The fifth stave features a dance number, and the show culminates in a full-cast rendition of beloved Christmas carols. Shaughnessy, known for his acting rather than singing skills, takes on a soliloquy in the fourth stave. He highlights the troupe's diverse talents, ranging from singing and acting to comedy and drama, all showcased in this production. Looking ahead, the K Palace Theater is set to host the annual Cowboy Poetry Gathering in February. According to Nelson, the theater's growth in popularity with increasing attendance and returning viewers is a testament to the community's appreciation of its unique offerings. Christmas in Arizona will run through Sunday for the next two weekends, with evening shows and Sunday matinees. And in a special offer, a donation of a non-perishable food item gets you a free drink. For more on this story, visit us at MyHeraldReview.com. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Prestige Family Living. Here at Prestige Assisted Living at Sierra Vista, the holidays are about to get ugly. Join us for our ugly sweater party taking place December 15th from 2 to 4 p.m. Amid the beauty of the season, we want to see your most garish garments. The best of the worst holiday sweaters will win prizes and will have snacks and refreshments along with all sorts of holiday fun. For more, visit prestigecare.com slash Sierra Vista. Again, that's prestigecare.com slash Sierra Vista. Next, we're excited to share our weekly segment, Best of Preps, brought to you by our friends at Lolly Automotive. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Lawley from the Lawley Automotive Group, and we've stocked up on inventory at all of our dealerships. If you've been thinking about a new car, we've got the deal for you on a new Buick, GMC, Chevrolet, Ford, Kia, Hyundai, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You don't have to go to Tucson or Phoenix to buy a new vehicle. We're your hometown dealer since 1995. We'll beat the big city dealers in price, and our customer service is small-town dealer-friendly. Come into any one of the Lawley dealerships today or shop lollycars.com and see why nobody beats a Lawley deal. Nobody. Now, best of preps. Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite segment inside the Daily Chirp podcast. It's it's my favorite segment, and I know it's Bruce's favorite <laughs> segment. Hopefully it's yours as well. It is time once again for Game of the Week, where Bruce Wetton, the Herald Review media sports editor, gets to tell us about all things Cochise County sports over this past week. It has been a really busy one, Bruce, right? Oh, my goodness, Jeff. Who said, whoever said things were going to slow down, I'd like to show them my schedule. It has not sh- slowed down. We... <laughs> We even had events on Sunday this week that I really? had to go out and cover. Yeah, some news oh events in Douglas. So, I mean, it's been nonstop action. And to give you an idea how crazy it was, the Douglas Bulldog boys basketball team played Wednesday, they played Thursday, they played Friday, and they played Monday in basketball. Yeah, that's a lot back to back to back. And then they have, after Monday, they don't have any games this week now until next Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> and uh, so whoever thought of the schedule... It wasn't thinking. But anyway, it was, it was. I couldn't believe when I see all these teams that are having these games crammed in to such a short period of time. It has just been nonstop, to say the least. And so everybody's going. Everything's in full swing. Yeah. And we're going to begin by talking about Monday's basketball games. We had a couple of big games in Bisbee. Uh, the Bisbee boys basketball team continues to remain hot right now. They beat San Carlos the Braves out of the San Carlos Indian Reservation, 76 to 60. And that came on the heels of the Bisbee girls losing to San Carlos by a score of 86 to 20. Bisbee boys are doing well right now. Bisbee girls are kind of struggling a little bit. And they both got a big showdown on Thursday we'll be talking about here later in the show. I went to Valley Indian twice last week, and I watched them go 2-0. They beat Patagonia, and they beat Patagonia last Tuesday and they beat Tombstone last Thursday in a heck of a game. That was a very interesting game between their big man, Landon Glenn, and Tombstone's big man, Malachi Keller. Those two guys combined for 57 points. Oh, my goodness. And Landon had six blocks. Malachi had three blocks. Wow. It it was phenomenal to watch these two guys. The final score was 68-64, Valley Union. Wow. So it was a very entertaining game. Very glad I went. Saw some great competition. But then Valley came back on Monday and hosted Marinci, and they lost 96-21. to So Marinci, I guess, is really loaded because they've been doing numbers on everybody from what I've been hearing. The Marinci girls beat Valley girls 39-22. to So the Valley boys, that was their first loss. So they're now 4-1 and on the season, and um, they got a big game coming up here later on this week that we'll be talking about here later in the show. Other scores from Monday night, Wilcox boys beat Patagonia 68-39. Wilcox girls beat Patagonia 46-40 in overtime. And speaking of our Douglas Bulldogs that we had just talked about earlier, they were hosting Pueblo that night, and I walked into the gym at halftime, and the score was 33-12, to something along those lines, with Douglas up in front. And Pueblo came back with a serious run, but uh, at one time they actually closed it down to eight points. But Douglas prevailed 47 to 35. Bulldogs are now 2 and 2 on the season. 
Douglas girls having a very good season right now. They suffered their first loss of the season this past week, though. They played a Pueblo team that Jeff hit 15 threes in this game. Oh, man. <laughs> Final score was 78-43 Pueblo. How do you beat a team when they're hitting that When they're many? in the zone, yeah. Yeah. 15 threes in the game. Oh, man. And the coach said, he said, they were on fire. No matter where we, sh- where we played defense. It just dropped in. Yeah. And so that's when you know it's going to be one of those nights. So it was a conference loss. It's our first loss, but I think it's not going to hurt them too bad because it sounds like if Pueblo can keep up this this momentum, this loss will impact the stand in the rankings, but I don't think it will impact them that much because it sounds like Pueblo's going to do to Douglas or do to other teams what they did to Douglas. Mm. Hopefully they can remain as hot. Soccer was going on Monday night in Douglas, so we were there watching the boys lose to Catalina Foothills out of Tucson 3-0. While our girls were in Tucson, falling to Catalina Foothills by a score of 4-0. to Tombstone Soccer kicked off its season Monday night. They lost to Marinci by a score of 3-1, so they're now 0-1, and they're back at home on Thursday. That opponent coming up here later in the podcast. The St. David girls, uh, they're 9-0, Jeff. The St. David girls basketball team is 9-0. They beat Samuel Tuesday night, 74-19. Mela Trejo, 22 points. Anissa Jaquez. Who last week she did surpass a thousand points. Wow. She got eleven in the win over Tombstone. She came back and scored nineteen in the win over the Gregory School, and she scored twelve against Simon Wells. So she currently has a thousand thirty-three points on the season. Amazing! Wow! Congratulations! With games. So hats off to Anissa Hawkins, multi-sport talented athlete. Again, basketball player, volleyball player, softball player, track athlete, and cheerleader. Yeah, five-sport. Athlete, so hats off to her. Well, that was going on. The St. David boys, they've been off to a rough start this year. They're not as strong as we thought they were going to be there. They were 0-3 going into Tuesday's game, but they put it together at the right time, and they actually beat Seminole Tuesday night 73-23, picking up their first win of the season. The Buena boys were at Catalina Foothills Tuesday, and they fell 64-48, to dropping to 2-2 on the season. This team is up and down, Jeff. They got a big game this week at home against Miranda on Friday night. And the Colt girls team, they fell to Catalina Foothills 66-24. They're now 1-5 and five on the season. I understand you were at that game, Jeff. Any thoughts? Yeah, a couple. I just think fundamentals as far as rebounds. Just get offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds. And then the transition defense, those could have been three keys to at least making the game a little bit closer. Catalina Foothills, much like the team that you talked about, was just draining everything. Everything they put up was just going in, and it seemed like everything Buena put up was not going in. So had they had offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, reducing those second-chance opportunities by Catalina Foothills, the game would have been closer. Buena girls have some work to do, but unfortunately, so does Buena boys soccer. They hosted a very hot Sunnyside team on Tuesday night. They fell 7-1. to They're now 1-3. and So the only Buena team that was victorious Tuesday was the Buena girls soccer team. They beat Sunnyside by a score of 2-1. to They're 3-2 and on the season. Rough Tuesday night for the Buena teams. Uh, girls soccer wins while boys soccer, girls basketball, and boys basketball all go down to defeat. The Benson girls were in Tucson taking on San Miguel. Final score of this game was 80-5. to five. This is basketball? This is basketball. Girls basketball, 80-5. to five. Benson girls are now 4-1. and one. Their lone loss is to St. David in that tournament at the Boyd Baker Classic here two weeks ago. So 80-5. to five. I, I haven't seen the line score on this. 
That's a running clock at halftime. I don't know. I don't understand some of these scores, but it is what Did it is. Did they have a full team? You kind uh, of wonder at that point. I, I wasn't there. I just saw the score off max preps. And uh, no coach's information had been added yet. So I just got the final score before the show today to bring it in. But um, all I know is I did go back and check their record, and Boyne Benson girls were four and one. Tombstone had a really rough night last night as well. Surprisingly, they were at Tucson again for facing St. Augustine. Uh, the girls lost a heartbreaker, thirty-four to thirty-three. They're now two and two on the season, while the Tombstone boys lost to St. Augustine by a score of sixty-three to thirty-one. I saw Tombstone play against Valley. They, I was impressed with them, but this is their second straight loss after starting the season three and zero. They're now three and two, so I'm not quite sure what's going on with this team, but they got a huge game on Thursday night, and we'll be talking about that here in just a minute. This past weekend, we had a, a bunch, a load of wrestling taking place. Benson, Buena, Bisbee, Tombstone, Wilcox, and all and St. David were all in action at various tournaments, and we're going to recap those here real fast. Uh, the Buena Colts and the Benson Bobcats were at the Pueblo High School in Tucson competed in the William Bell Invitational. 19 teams, Buena was fourth, Benson eighth. Hmm. Respectable showings. Yeah. Buena took 10 wrestlers. No, 10 wrestlers medaled in their respective weight classes. Uh, Marley Gamez at 705, Aisha General, and Zephaniah Rogers at 165, each finished second in their respective weight classes. Third place finishers were Adrian Vargas at 113, Sean Brown at 132, Brody Clausen at 138, Hudson Haymore 145, Nate Angle 175, Russell Adams 190, and Trenton Williams 215. Buena is heading down to Douglas for a dual meet on Wednesday, December 6th, and then the Tigers will be, the, then the Colts will be in Miranda for the Tiger duels uh, this weekend, December 8th and 9th. I like this Buena team. I think Tim Williams is, this is a former Sheriff Mark Daniels team that Tim is rebuilt and kind of brought up and he's got them wrestling well this year and uh, this Miranda dual thing is going to be really a good challenge for them and we'll see what happens. So as we mentioned before, Benson was also there. Uh, Benson only had two placers, but they placed second, both of them and their brothers, ironically. Uh, freshman Solomon Crawley and senior Ezekiel Crawley both finished second in their respective weight classes of 106 and 144. Those were the only two teams competing at Pueblo. The Wilcox Cowboys Went to the Buckeye, went to Buckeye this past weekend for the Jerry Benson Invitational at Buckeye High School. Thirty-two teams were competing in this tournament. The Cowboys finished twelfth. On Sunday, Pat McCumber and I were talking. Pat wrestled at this tournament back in 1983. Wow! Took third place, and so to see it, this was the 50th annual. He was wanting to go back and see how his teams would do. So, Bishop. Gorman High School of Las Vegas, Nevada won the tournament. That tells you. <laughs> I had to Google. I I, th- I thought I recognized the name. But, yeah, they actually won the tournament. And um, they were followed by Desert Ridge High School of Mesa. So, as we said, the Cowboys finished 12th. But our friend Cash McCumber won his weight class. And he was also named the heavyweight outstanding wrestler. Oh, that's awesome. This is a big kudo for Cash to go to this tournament and do so well. But not to be left out, Ed Tingle also won his weight class at 215. Cash is wrestling at 175. 
they are both eight and zero in their respective weight classes at this tournament. Wow! And to be to go to and that was the thing Pat was really impressed with and proud of the fact Cash at this big tournament considering you're wrestling Las Vegas teams, yeah, out of state teams, yeah, to wrestle and go eight and zero, and then not only that, be named the outstanding wrestler, made an impact. Yeah, and I really think in talking with uh, with Pat. Cash is going to go somewhere, and I think now he's leaning more towards wrestling instead of football. Yeah, I think it's, I think it'd be a wise choice to be honest with you. It sounds like he's doing really well, state champion already. He, you know, state placer the year before, and he's on pace to have a stellar senior season. So um, we have been promised that as soon as he makes a decision, he's already getting recruiting letters that uh, they will make the announcement and they will have a signing ceremony, and we will all be invited. Not to be outdone, Travis Larson from Wilcox finished fourth. Morgan Allred, she finished fifth in the girls' weight class. And uh, Abby Tingle, Ed's sister, finished seventh for the girls in her respective weight class in the girls' tournament. So we have more teams that were competing there. Uh, Bisbee, Tombstone, and St. David were in Pima this past weekend at the Digger Odell Invitational. I asked... Pat, Pat, they normally go, Wilcox had normally gone to this tournament in the past. And I said, why did you decide to go to the tournament Buckeye? He said, better competition. And he said, it was her 50th. And he said, I knew I had wrestled there as a child or as a teenager. And he went back there just to change things up. And obviously it paid off. Uh, the Digger Odell tournament was a smaller tournament. Only eight teams were there. Thatcher was first. Hayden second. Followed by Tombstone, Pima, St. David, and Bisbee. And then we had two teams below Bisbee winding out 7th and 8th. For the Bisbee Pumas, sophomore Jesse Bruner and junior Mason Richardson at 120 and 138. Each won their respective weight classes. Uh, junior Spencer Anthony placed 3rd. So that was the only placers for the Bisbee boys. While this was going on, they also had a girls tournament, I guess, where there was two or three teams in the girls tournament. And the Tombstone Girls actually won this tournament. They came home with hardware, and that's the team of Mia Garcia, Pearl Luinstra, Kathy Weichelt, uh, Jacob's younger sister, Ella Sweeney, and Aaliyah Gomez. Uh, they beat Thatcher for first place, while the Tombstone Boys had three first-place finishers, two third-place and two fourth. Wyatt Eddie at 106 was first, Brock Santa Maria 113 was first, and Jacob Weichelt was first at 285. Third place was junior Andrew Greismer at 175 and Robert Ori 215. They each placed third. Richard Enos, 132, sophomore Jacob Jockway, and Caden Bidgood all placed fourth. So hats off to the Yellow Jackets. St. David took six wrestlers to the tournament, had five place. Jeffrey Savage and Nathan Cullen at 126 were first in their respective weight classes. Jackson Savage at 138 finished second. Stratford Reynolds at 120 finished third, and Cedar Haney finished fourth at 150. So Wilcox is hosting a big multiple on Wednesday, December 6th, where Bisbee, Tombstone, Santa Rita, and Thatcher will all be down for a five-team multiple. St. David's hosting Valley Union in a dual multiple on Wednesday, December 6th. And then this weekend in Douglas, we have the annual Tim Brown-Douglas Invitational Wrestling Tournament. Fifteen teams coming in, Jeff. Among those participating would be Wilcox, Tombstone, Bisbee, St. David, Douglas, and Valley Union, plus numerous other teams from all over the state. And in the past, they've even lured in teams from New Mexico and Texas. When I spoke to the athletic director on Monday, 
He was going to get me a list of the teams, but he was waiting until Wednesday to do so. So, like I said, 15 teams are scheduled to come in. It's going to be an all-day Friday, all-day Saturday tournament. Always makes for some exciting wrestling. But Buena's deciding to go to Miranda where they can get better competition. And so they won't be down for this. And I would like to see Buena come down. And I really think, I'd like to see them and Wilcox go head-to-head. I really think that would be a good show, Jeff. So anyway, we'll see what happens this weekend. But, yeah, that's going to take place inside the Douglas High School Gymnasium. So just a very busy week ahead. Uh, Thursday basketball games coming up. We have Tombstone Boys and Girls at Bisbee, big, big 2A East Showdown. Santa Rita Boys and Girls are going to be heading to uh, Benson. And St. David Boys and Girls are driving north to Salome, Arizona for a basketball game there as well. Uh, soccer on Thursday, Santa Rita is at, traveling to Tombstone. Buena Boys will be at Miranda Mountain View, while the Buena Girls will be hosting Miranda Mountain View. Good soccer action coming up there. Friday's games, Benson Girls and Basque, Boys and Girls Basketball will be at St. Augustine. Buena's Girls are headed to Miranda. Buena's Boys are hosting Miranda. This is going to be a tough game for both of these teams. But, again, we'll find out what the Colts are made of when they match up with the Tigers. And as we mentioned before, the uh, Buena Wrestling is going to be the Miranda Duels, then the uh, Douglas Invitational. And then we can't leave off Coaches College. they got some big games this weekend, Friday and Saturday, Jeff. ACCAC matchups, right? Yep. This is actually uh, round two because they've already played They've already played the first game against Chandler Gilbert, both the Coaches men and women have. Uh, Coaches is 0-1 in ACCAC play. The Coaches women are 1-0. But this stature teams are nothing to take lightly. So there's two games on Friday at 5.30 and 7. And then because of the new format, they turn around and play each other again on Saturday at 2 and 4 at Coaches Stronghold in Douglas. No admission charge. Good entertainment. If you can make it down and watch these Apaches play, we encourage you to do so. This will be a very entertaining ACCAC showdown, Jeff. Can't wait to see it. Oh, my goodness, man. A very busy weekend ahead. And i just trying to get through this weekend. And then next weekend, we got the Benson Holiday Classic Basketball Tournament. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's amazing that it's, it's already back. It was so much fun covering that last year. It doesn't stop. And we're all anxious to see what Hawkins will do as far as adding to her point total. Uh, we have a big old story about her in the Wednesday edition of the Herald Review, and it's also online at myheraldreview.com. Linda Lamb, our Herald Review sports reporter, sat down with Anissa, talked with her, and talked with her family. Anissa has a new goal now of trying to make 1,000 rebounds. She's got a ways to go, but uh, it's going to require some double-doubles. She's got enough games that if she can get on a roll, it's possible. But that would be something to have 1,000 points. But she's St. David's second 1,000-point scorer in the last eight months, ten months, because uh, Trejo did it last year, yeah, and then she joined Trejo this year. And so to have these two girls, and now with the small schools, this helps because both these girls have been playing varsity since her freshman year. Right. And so as whereas Buena – they, they come up to the varsity their sophomore year. So this added year has given these girls these extra points that allow, is allowing them to achieve this this milestone. You know, some of the bigger schools, you won't have that luxury. You won't have that opportunity. But they also went through a COVID year, too. Yes, exactly right. You know, like with Gabby Lopez. Yeah. We all wondered how many more points wish she had 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 she played her, her COVID year. We're still feeling the effects of COVID, believe it or not. I think this will probably be the last year. I think this is year three. So this will be the last covid excuse we have but still i'm impressed with our athletes jeff you know we got some quality wrestlers i can't wait to watch cash wrestle this weekend nathan angle out of buena i was really bummed last week because i was really looking forward to watching him wrestle 
And I watched Aisha wrestle and was able to talk with her. So Nathan Angle's class comes up. The dude wins by forfeit. And it was like talking about a serious letdown. Yeah. I And I I almost had Mark stay for his match just because I wanted to make sure we got some good shots. Hey, Mark Levy, our photographer. But Mark was itching to go. And I told him, go and go. I have my camera and I'll shoot it. And then I texted Mark. He didn't even wrestle. He won by forfeit. And it was just, it was kind of a downer. But Angle did come back and wrestle the next two matches. But I had to get on the road to go to Bisbee that night because I was covering the game down in Bisbee with the Gregory School. So I finally get a chance to watch Angle wrestle against Douglas, providing he doesn't get a forfeit. But Tim Williams has some good wrestlers on that program. And like I said, between Malachi, between Sebastian and Jose Mendez, I mean, oh, my goodness, man. We got some quality kids out there. Landon Glenn out of Alfredo. He's another kid we got to watch out for. This kid... He's got some height, he's got some size, and he's got some very serious athletic ability. So I'm looking forward to watching him grow as his senior year. But it was so entertaining to watch him and Malachi go head-to-head. Malachi got hot the first quarter, Landon didn't. And then Landon got hot the second quarter, Malachi went a little cold, and they both steadied it up the second half. And they were drilling threes and blocking shots and you know, creating all kinds of havoc for the opposing team's defenses. And it was really fun watching these two big men go head-to-head and and basically body up against each other. It was very physical, but like I said, it's been a lot of fun, but uh, just a lot of work going on right now and a lot of things and trying to get through the holidays as far as getting these tournaments out of the way so we can all just take a little break. But in putting the schedule together, a lot of these teams are playing in tournaments around the holidays. We've got games on December 23rd, and we've got games on December 28th. A lot of these teams are going to tournaments. Wow. So they're not going to get any time off. That's the tough part about the winter sports, isn't it? I mean, trying to work around the holidays, but at least being able to stay consistent and not be off for two whole weeks, I think maybe that'll help them as they face the second half of the year. This has got to be one of the most committed sports there is because you're having to play during the holidays. You Thanksgiving, you can't really enjoy and pick out and relax. Same thing with Christmas. I mean, can you imagine these coaches let the players go for two weeks? what they would come back to. So I think it is a wise choice to keep them playing and keep them active and try to keep that continuity going with the team chemistry because if it breaks, then it's hard to get going again. I just I saw the when I was putting the schedule together, I'm, I'm trying to schedule a few days off for me from the Herald, and I'm looking at this thing, and you know they're playing two days after Christmas. And then uh, all the tournaments are on the road, which is the good thing. I mean, they're all in Tucson, Mesa, or Phoenix, but still they're playing and they're playing – Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday will be December 30th or December 31st. They won't be playing that day, Monday, January 1st. So speaking of January 1st, let's talk about the big bowl games coming up, Jeff. The top four, huh? Oh, my goodness, man. What a shakeup. What a shakeup. And I kind of feel bad for Florida State, but I, I'm pulling for Michigan right now, man. I Something about that team. I've been watching them play and, and all the drama surrounding Harbaugh, and I keep hearing hearing that he's a new Raiders head coach. And <laughs> I don't think we want him. Let him stay at Michigan. But of all the four teams in the tournament right now, I mean, when I saw the show on Sunday and I saw the announcement, and then I couldn't believe that you know Georgia and Florida were left off the top four, I'm thinking, oh, I can just hear the gripes. ESPN spent two hours just talking about these top four, and it's like, come on, folks. The game I'm wanting to hear about is the U of A bowl game. And finally, 10 minutes before the show ended, oh, yeah, U of A is going to be playing Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. And I'm thinking, they spent so much time harping on these top four. 
New Year's Day is going to be an exciting day with the Cotton Bowl and the Sugar Bowl with these two teams. Even the Rose Bowl is going to be a good game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it always is. But I'm also looking forward to watching U of A in Oklahoma. I think that 14 versus 12 showdown, oh, man. It looks good on paper. Yeah, it looks good on paper. And um, I think it's close enough that they can have a good fan base. So exciting time of year, Jeff. Just an exciting time of year. I'm still stoked for football. Even though my Raiders are not doing too well right now, I'm putting all my eggs with the U of A. And then, of course, enjoying watching the basketball, wrestling, and soccer. With that being said, that's our that's our recap for this week, Jeff. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for that, Bruce. We appreciate it, and we can't wait to hear how this week goes when we come back next week on Game of the Week. And we know you'll have it all covered for us in the Herald Review Media in print online at myheraldreview.com and on the Herald Review Media social media channels. As always, if you are in the neighborhood of any of the games for these student-athletes and are able to attend, please know that it means the world to these student-athletes to have their community support. From the Cochise Broadcasting Studios of KKYZ 101.7 FM, the oldie station in Sierra Vista, Arizona, and on behalf of Bruce Wetton, the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, my name is Jeff Davenport, and I'm wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. And now we'll send it back for the rest of today's Daily Chirp. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Ace Hardware. Hi, this is Les from Sierra Vista Ace. This is a great time to paint. Ace Stocks, Clark and Kensington, Valspar, Dunn Edwards, and our own Ace Royal Paint in interior and exterior finishes. We can computer match other brands and colors too. All the colors you can imagine, even one named Sierra Vista. Decide on the wall or room to paint, bring in a color idea, and let Ace mix your paint. Treat yourself to a new brush and roller too. Save gas, save time, shop Ace first. Sierra Vista Ace since 1981 on the corner of Fry and Highway 9. Next, an upcoming event that you should know about. This Saturday, head to Tombstone's historic Allen Street for a free Old West demonstration. Starting at 12.45 p.m., the Vigilettes will host a fashion show featuring period clothing from 1880 until 1915. Then at 1 p.m., the Tombstone Vigilantes will begin their family-friendly reenactment skits. Finally, we'd like to remember the life of Weston Osh. Weston was born in Gillette, Wyoming, and grew up in Wyoming, New Jersey, and Tennessee. After graduating high school, he enlisted in the Army, where he served as a multilingual intelligence officer until his retirement in 2004. He continued to work in civil service, retiring from the Defense Intelligence Agency in 2022. He spent 38 years faithfully serving this nation, which included traveling to almost 60 countries. Although his exploits remain under the cover of secrecy for the next 50 years or more, his numerous service awards demonstrate a life of exceptional and selfless service. Weston was also a prolific New York Times best-selling author of horror and military science fiction. His first novel won the Bram Stoker Award, he was a four-time winner of the New Mexico Fiction Award, and was nominated for the Pushcart Prize. In addition to numerous solo novels such as Red Unicorn, Bone Chase, Empire of Salt, and others, he wrote books, comics, and stories for properties like The X-Files, Hellboy, Aliens, Predator, Joe Ledger, V-Wars, and more. He lived life to the fullest, but most of all he loved his wife, his children, and family, writing, adopting rescued Great Danes, and trout fishing. Of all his travels, he loved visiting Scotland the most. During his career, he earned a Master of Fine Arts and taught creative writing at Cochise Community College and Southern New Hampshire University. He is survived by his wife of 21 years, his son, daughter, siblings, parents, and extended family. Thank you for taking a moment to celebrate and remember Weston's life and service. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Herald Review podcast today. And remember, the Herald Review is here for you with local news you can trust. Subscribe today for unlimited access to all of our content for just $14 per month. This is less than the cost of one hour of one reporter's work on a single story. Also, want to stay up to date on what's going on? Join Neighbor, your trusted neighborhood community. Neighbor is a free online forum you can trust to connect with your community, focus on facts, and make a difference. Join the conversation. Visit nabur.myheraldreview.com. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, especially in Cochise County. Become part of the hyperlocal conversation on Cochise County's exclusive social media platform, Neighbor. That's N-A-B-U-R. Your neighbors are striking up meaningful conversations, sharing exquisite Cochise County photos, and respecting each other's views without any other social media noise. No unwanted advertising and only respectful conversations on hot community topics. That's right. Our journalism project manager can set the record straight and help answer any pressing questions about the happenings in our community. Join the conversation at myheraldreview.com slash N-A-B-U-R.